everyone, and welcome to Pops and Hisses, a podcast where we talk to musicians you love, talk about concerts, and answer your burning music questions. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey, and in this episode, I'm talking to the amazing Amanda Shires, country singer, songwriter, and fiddler, and member of the High Women. Amanda's on tour right now for her new solo album, Take It Like a Man, and we talked about everything. We talked about the album, Take It Like a Man, where she recorded the feeling of the songs recorded by Elvis and other people who would use the same studio, all the guest stars on the album, like Jimbo Hart, Brittany Spencer, and Amanda's fellow high women, Marin Morris and Natalie Hemby. Uh, we talked about her husband, Jason Isbell, and some of the work he does. We talked about touring, and we talked about the high women, too. And we also talked about how Amanda balances touring with being a mom and being a wife and all of the wonderful things that come along with writing music and touring and stuff like that. Honestly, it's one of my favorite conversations I've had on the podcast, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Real quick, before we dive in, I want to remind you to listen to the Pops and Hisses podcast. If you like this, subscribe so you get this podcast right in your feed. It's on all the different podcast apps. And also check out our website, popsandhisses.com, for more reviews, interviews, and podcasts. But right now, it's time to talk to Amanda Shires. Let's get into it. Well... Uh, it's great talking to you. Thanks for taking time for me today. I really, really, really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Happy to do it. Yeah. So I'm here in Omaha and uh, you're closing out the tour. It's the last few days, right? Yep. Last three shows. And um, who knows what's going to happen in Omaha? Probably find just the wildest way I can to end it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The The tour openers and tour closers are some of my favorites because it's like, a little nervous energy on the front end and a little yep. like, screw it, we're done. Let's have some fun on the back end. Yeah, on our end, it's like, damn, I don't want it to be over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how's the tour been going? It, you know, surprisingly well. It's, uh, you know, the goal of making music and then and doing music isn't this kind of a result but i do like that folks are coming to the show it makes me feel like um and you know that people are like understanding the music it makes me feel like um makes me feel connected to folks but it also makes me feel like being away from my friends and family is worth it uh, the bigger picture right and it's, it's nice to be able to feel like you're contributing to your family <laughs> <laughs> after not having worked forever <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that, that amount of time away, especially with kids and stuff, is hard. But, if, yeah. you know, people are reacting and responding to it. It's got to be much more fulfilling. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, like, I yeah. did COVID, been... but then I got I got a year. I had to take, like, another year off because I exploded my fallopian tube, like, second show back. Well, I didn't do it. The pregnancy well, in the sure. wrong place did. Yeah. But um, so I, I've, I've got to come back into the world later than everyone else. So I'm still that kid that's like, whoa. Everything's amazing. Yeah. Well, concerts, especially for me, live music was something I was so connected to. And I'm sure you too, with all the, Mm -hmm. with all the different shows you played on your own and other people's bands and stuff. So to be away from it was really weird. Getting back to it at this point must be pretty nice. It's really nice. It's, it's a, you know, I'm a little bit uh, overjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Way too excitable. Yeah. Well, I've been, um, I follow you on Instagram and I've been really enjoying all the, you've just been posting a lot and I could tell how excited you are, but the yeah. performances have been great. Some of your pre post show sort of stuff has been really <laughs> fun too. Like you must, yeah, it looks yeah. like you're really enjoying the road. 
we're, we really are enjoying the road and we, we, um, I mean, everybody is really, and it's like, uh, it's easy to have fun when everybody's in the, in the same like mindset about it. Yeah. Cause right. if you think about it, like this is our life, it's not like we just go and tour around like our actual life is, this is the lifestyle that we're living. So once you accept that, I think it makes everything more fun. It's not like you get to split your time doing normal person things. And then this type of life, it's like, this is always your life. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, having the expectation or the attitude that like this is what it's gonna be like. Yep. <laughs> yep. It helpful. doesn't it doesn't get higher than a bus. You know, Willie's still on a bus. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that love that perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited for you to come to Omaha. Um it's been well, like you said, it's been a while since you've been on the road. A while, since, I think that last tour you actually did come through here, but uh, it'll be. I cool. did. I played at that other place. Though. Yeah, the waiting room. I think was the place. Yeah, that last time. Mm-hmm. that's a cool spot. Um, the place you're at this time, I've actually never been to because it's pretty new. And then uh, again, COVID, I didn't go to shows for a while. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, so it'll be cool to check out. I like Omaha. I like. Um... You know that uh, Honky Tonk Hero song that Waylon sings? Omaha, you're still weighing heavy on my mind. Did Billy Joe write that one? Oh. He wrote almost all those songs on that record. I wonder if he wrote that one. I once, it might be the most popular thing I've ever written in my life, but I once did a, uh, I wrote this whole long list of the best songs that mention Omaha. Mm Because a lot of singers use it to give like a sense of place and also like the the texture of that word omaha like, yeah rhymes yeah. with a million different things so it's in like i mean it's in turn the page by bob seeger it's in a few different yeah. john Prine songs like it's in all yeah. kinds of songs and uh-huh. so that was uh that one's on the list i love that song now i can't remember and it's and it, it's a, such a beautiful part of the country too yeah it's nice that the word matches the look of it right <laughs> mm-hmm. nice and round yeah <laughs> right um so yeah, you're closing out here in Omaha, which will be cool. Do you have any more plans? Like, I mean, obviously, <laughs> winter off. Enjoy some time not being on the road. Yeah. But are you gonna get back at it later? I'm hoping to. I um got a few highwaymen things, and then um mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've tried to. I'm trying to plan out my. I think I'm ready to plan out my whole year in advance again. I got kind of in this uh, spot where I wasn't ready to make plans because for a minute I was in a dark spot thinking that all the plans I made were useless because <laughs> shit kept happening. But I finally right. feel like I'm over that and I'm ready to make some for real plans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that did that. I mean, obviously that I can't even imagine what that's like, but did that attitude when you were filter into making this record? Um, that, no, because things just kept happening and I got into that attitude. But th- it's kind of a carryover in a way, because when I was making this record, it was like I was being co- coaxed along the way. Oh, I'm not ready to record. OK, I'll do a trial day. OK, we're recording. I'm not putting it out. OK, I guess we're putting it out. Um, and uh, I still have more songs. Wait, let's put a Christmas record out first, because I don't know that I'm done with that other record. And then I put the Christmas record out. Then I finished this one. And then it's like, OK, I'll put it out but I'm not going to tour. And then I was like, okay, I'll tour. <laughs> but, um, 
I think I, I think I'm fairly, fairly, uh, no, I'm 100% certain that I could actually make plans again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and thank God for the people that were patient with me. Well, it, for, well, for the way you're describing it, like it took you a while to get to, and it was kind of uh, working on it as you're doing other things. It's such a great record. You have so many of your friends on it and, uh, the end result is just awesome. I really enjoy Jason, it. Jason likes to say this. He says about me that getting me to do things sometimes is like trying to get a bird to eat out of your hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, have, uh, yeah, like I said, it's just a great record. Some of the folks you worked with were, I mean, they're friends. Jason's on the album, mm-hmm. obviously probably not too hard. To Jimbo. Get. Yeah. yeah. So some friends like that, but um, as you're making the record, how are you picking who to pull into different things? Because there's so many great uh, guest stars, so to speak, on different songs that it's just such a, I don't know. It was an awesome album to listen through the first time to kind of get surprised as people jumped on and off. Yeah, like, uh, well, for the main recording process of it, it was the RCA-B that um, Elvis and Roy Orbison worked Mm -hmm. out of, and... um, you know, a lot of things were put there, but uh, for that main part, since it wasn't a museum and running tours at the time, I got to use it all day and all night. And um, because it was COVID, we all got tested and we worked in there. It was Jimbo um, from Jason's band, um, Jason, myself, my keyboard player, Peter. And um, I used Fred Elchingham on drums. And Mm -hmm. then for some parts of it, I used my drummer, Julian Dorio and uh, balance those out. And then after that, it was a let's serve the song. And I love Brittany, her voice and her, like everything that she, everything that she brings to a, to a session is, is just positivity and goodness. You know, she, she understands what it's like to be under that magnifying glass of, of flaws. And um, uh, (laughs) she's just incredible to work with. And then, every every decision was kind of made like what's going to serve the song best after that and um, try to keep all the assholes out <laughs> <laughs> always a good policy <laughs> yeah yeah um so you're talking about where you're recording did you because i've talked to other people who have recorded there specifically did you feel that the the sense of the place kind of pushing you along as you were doing it or i don't know if it's a the spirit of the place or what but the drum, there's nothing that sounds like those drums. The drum recordings in that room, there's not another studio mm-hmm. that I've ever been in that's, that actually you can tell where the drums are recorded. Like you can tell what songs have been recorded there just if you just A, B, M next to other studios. But um, the thing that I, I've never done is sometimes they'll let you use that studio after the tour, like after hours. Yeah, right. For a few hours. But um, I didn't do that because nobody was in it. So I just got to set up as if it was a full on. 24 hour a day operational um, studio. But uh, for me, I kind of, I'm not trying to say sound kind of raggy or whatever, but um, I've been in a lot of studios and I feel like all the magical ones have that magical feeling that, that the, his, the history is like, it's like it's been absorbed in it and the music's been made out of it. And, you know, the energy that, you put out singing a song um, or making music, like it, it gets captured in the wood and the, the things and the walls and, and kind of lives there. 
and uh, I think I think that's that's true for a lot of, of of the historical places. Like you can feel it in there because that's where that that uh, some of that energy still lives. You go and you sing a song, and it's in that room. It's recorded, but it's in that room. It doesn't really go anywhere else. Right. It's like that just sticks there and permeates through. Yeah. It. But, yeah. You know, especially the if they're about... wooden ones. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I've heard that about that place, or you know. Another one that's a similar example is Sun Studios in Memphis. That's like, obviously, it's oh, yeah. the day, but people record there at night. Mm-hmm. And when they have mm-hmm. the opportunity, they're like, it's like, it's not you feel Elvis is there or something, but like those no. songs are in there and you could feel that yeah. in there, just the way that it is. You can definitely feel things. And I'm not like a woo-woo person. I do. Right. I do. I do. Some of the things really feel real, though. But that that one, um, like you're talking about in um, the RCA ones, the Columbia one has some of that. uh you could feel it a lot at the in the um, village at the village records, but a lot of their equipment was broken, so that was kind of a bummer. Yeah. But um, when you get one, when things are working and it still has the spirit in it, it's really cool. Yeah. Electric Lady, you could feel, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's so cool to be able to go to those places. But um, and Sound Emporium, even though it's a relatively new studio, like so many things have been made there that it feels like that. Also, you could it feels like very chill like there's not like a bunch of uh what is it when you're overly anxious there's a word for it some some of them have that like that antsy feeling in them yeah right yeah 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 (laughs) well yeah well it turned out on the record that i've really been enjoying that so i'm looking forward to seeing you play more of that stuff well, I'm looking forward to reading about all your omaha list (laughs) i will find it (laughs) i will find it okay 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 yeah uh, some songs you probably thought of and some songs like I forgot about till I read through that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing I like to talk about on this podcast is to kind of go back and look at what people call like an artist breakthrough album. And one of the things I love to talk about is asking the artist if they think that was like a breakthrough, but for you, a lot of people say that's, uh, my piece of land. And I wondered what you like, do you feel like that was a breakthrough for you personally? Because sometimes people like- label that for you. Um, my piece of land, I don't feel like it was a breakthrough record. I feel like my piece of land was a pregnancy record because (laughs) I've never made any other records pregnant except for that one. And it was very, you know, it's, it's, it's small and it's kind of close to, uh, the subject matter, I guess, is, um, more internal than, than observational or, Mm -hmm something and um i think um i think that i've been trying to do the thing that i've i've done with take it like a man for a long time and the closest i got to it was down fell the doves Mm -hmm. and um but then after down fell the doves i you know made my pregnancy record which (laughs) (laughs) and i call it that because i was really worried that um because before that time there wasn't a whole lot of women that had babies out there doing it, you know? And right. um, I even got, got the questions from tour managers like, Oh, so you're going to retire. And I was like, are you crazy? And then I started seeing it. Like nobody would take me out as an opener or some places didn't want to have a pregnant woman on the road, but Greg Allman didn't care because he's a right. rock and roll badass. Yeah. <laughs> and and John Prine didn't care. So they helped me out. And um, yeah. So then I did that toward behind it when she was young and, I think 
that one wasn't to me that's not a breakthrough record so much it was as a is a, a record i made mm-hmm. to to make sure i have an insurance to my place when i was returning to music and i know that sounds strange but it doesn't mean that the things i said weren't real it's just that i was just making making a record of what i was at that time right and uh but when I go back and look at my records, I think that the closest I got to what I'm doing now is Down Fell the Dubs, although that one is is not very, it's kind of all over the place, which back during that time, you kind of needed a more cohesive collection. These days, it doesn't really matter. You could do the Olivia Rodrigo thing and have them all over the place, genre jumping. And yeah. um, But I feel like I got, between the time that I made that and the experience that I have now, I feel like, and then meeting people that I can communicate well with uh, I've finally figured out how to to get I got close to like actually there to what I was hearing in my head on this record yeah and um yeah That's and so I did cool. it with with uh with high women but that was a different concept and it had sure. everything was like I conceived all of that in and had like you know, like the thing where everything refers back to the, to the, um, what's the word for the, not the intention, but the mission, the mission statement, everything went back to that. And, and that, that was different because it was a group, a group effort and, and a thing that was trying to affect a group. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, both those records are incredible. One of the things I wondered about high women too, is just, when you entered into that project, did you think about everything that was going to happen with it? Obviously you had those intentions, like you were saying, like the ideas and uh, that kind of mission statement and tying it all together. But did you have any expectations with that record? Did it meet them? Cause what I'm hearing from you and I'd love hearing this is that, you know, you're starting to, with those two records, you're really hitting, doing what you're wanting to do, like what you're setting out to do, which I know is really hard when you're making a record. Like almost anybody I ever talked to is like, well, I always thought I set out doing this and it never quite comes together the right way, but it must feel satisfying to be doing that. Uh, I think it does. The, the high women thing, you know, you, you don't know what the result's going to be, but I felt like there was a need and, and, a, and a um, place for that and for that conversation. And, and there was throughout all kinds of, of industries with when it comes to uh, women and minorities, equalities and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. And, um, and it's wonderful to have an outlet for that and to be able to, to try and make changes. Cause you know, you're not guaranteed that anything's going to work, but the, the trying is, is important. And, um, and that's what helps you sleep at night, I guess. But then with my own, um, a lot of times folks don't know what to do with a fiddle in a person like me. I played country music growing up. I, I, I was in a, a legacy, iconic, like truly important country music band as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it. I just loved the music. I worked with Billy Joe Shaver. I worked with all these folks. Yeah. But I, what I've done is like, I can play all that swing and the country music and stuff. But what I do is, uh, I also play violin like I was taught classically and um, and uh, I kind of started making my own kind of rock and roll fiddle sounds. And um, so a lot of times I see a fiddle and they think country and I'm like, 
can't we just see a fiddle or a violin and think music and, and just do all the types of it? Because uh, take it like a man does that. Like we use like cinematic strings on some, we do a little bit of country fiddle lines and then we do some rock and roll like on Hawk for the Dove. And um, mm-hmm. in the past, I think people, people see that and they don't know what to do with it or how to box it or anything like that. And I'm just like, just pretend like it's a guitar. It's just small. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that you've definitely carved out a space for that in a way that I don't think a lot of other people, not that they're not able to, but haven't. And like, it just works so well for you. But, um, you know, like you said, you've been playing it since you were a kid. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've got to got to be able to evolve somehow. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, going back to what you're saying before, like, you know, making a record like you really wanted to make, is that give you you said, and you even said, like, you might have some more songs. Does that give you confidence to kind of step to the next one? Maybe you're not aching to go and record another album again but i i i kind of am ready to start because i think i liked taking my time on this one as much as i didn't like it i i I do like that uh sometimes it feels a little bit um strange to focus on your own work that much but it's to make good work sometimes i'm the person that needs to spend a lot of time with it but um i'm ready to go in there and I'm excited to see like, cause I've done a lot of growing and I'm comfortable. Like I'm excited to see what I, what I can do with, with the self-acceptance that I've gained, like with the confidence that I regrew back And you know, that's not to say it's always that I shake a lot like some people, but um, I'm excited to see what happens when I believe in what, now that I believe in myself a little more just to see, what <laughs> what's gonna happen who knows but um yeah so i'm gonna hopefully start this winter and have something ready I, I have a lot of songs left over from take it like a man that i didn't put out and i'm yeah i don't know thinking about a way to put those out like like just throw them on the internet i don't know yeah a lot of possibilities there's one on there that yeah steve earl heard one when i was doing an overdub at electric lady and he was like, that needs to be on the record. I was like, that is six minutes long, Steve Earl. <laughs> he was like, why are you working on it? And I was like, well, because I need to get them all to almost finish so I can decide what makes the best collection. And he said, you know, that one's not on it, but you're still going to work on it. I was like, yeah. Yeah. It's, still, it's, it's, it's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> I love that it's Steve Earl, of all people, too. <laughs> and then I was like, you need to go comb your beard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, well, circling back to one thing you were talking about, and I love, I've loved seeing this. So you were talking about, you know, being pregnant, being on the road and having your, having your kid with you, which is really great. And that is something that you never saw before, uh, families touring together and stuff like that. And I've, that, um, that's about the time my son was born too. So I like started thinking about like, how do people do this on the road? My oldest son. So, um. I just think it's so cool that so many families are able to do that. But the one thing I was thinking about was you and your husband are particularly busy people. And I know he's on tour right now too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're both successful musicians, you have your own careers, like, and though I'm sure that's baked into your relationship in some way, cause you've both been musicians since forever, but mm-hmm. like, how, that's gotta be tough to manage. I, I don't know. I don't know that I'd be able to do it <laughs> if I was off. So. I, de- I, de- I can definitely tell you it's not perfect. Like some uh, some things get thrown in the air and dropped, you know, but it's just like <laughs> accepting that. And we've been traveling together, Jason and I, since 
when he was in a van and, and we know what the life is. It's, um, right. and, and we both know the, the, the fact that it is beautiful and it's lonely, but it's so worth it. And it, uh, understanding the world a little better is, is always good. But, um, yeah, speaking of people and families. So I made this record on Bobby Nelson recently mm-hmm. before she passed away. Willie's brother. I mean, yeah. Willie's sister. Yeah. Yeah. And she was the first like side woman I ever saw. This is totally off topic. Sorry. No, um, it kind of isn't. It's like a t- it's like a sidebar. But um, she was playing in this band, and they called her an unfit mom and took her kids away. And you know she wasn't participating in in the um, the sporting lifestyles like Willie and them were. Mm-hmm. And so she she went back and started getting a job, and then got a second job demoing B threes. And then eventually got her kids back and blah, blah, blah. Life happens. And then she's back in Willie's band. But um, I was playing with her and I was like, why can't I just make a record? Me and you, she's written songs. She taught, she taught Willie music, but, um, and she was just talking about the difference, like how kids, moms can do this now and they're not called unfit. And then she was talking about how, you know, they didn't even have credit cards for women and, you had to have somebody sign for you and all this. And I was like, Jesus, at least we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. And it's crazy of all people like that's, that's Bobby Nelson. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Like you're going to tell her what she can't do. Like that's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then do that to her in her own town. That's not cool. That's cool. But um, we made a beautiful little record that, that someday will come out and you could hear her play the keys on. Oh, that would be, that would be amazing would be we, we had this idea we were going to go tour like once a month for like two or three days in a nice place with the working piano yeah and um we'd be like two days we'd play and the next day we'd go shopping <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it sad mm-hmm. you weren't able to do it well it, at least at least you'll live on forever immortalized right. in in, yeah. in recording absolutely well that's that's just amazing that you have that and I guess all that was to tie up and say we get to do this because we get to stand on the shoulders of everybody else that did shit like that. Exactly. And I just, I just was meant, meaning all that to say how grateful I was that that I get to do what I think is my purpose. <sighs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amanda, we're about running out of time, and that was most of the stuff I wanted to ask about. I know it's a lot, <laughs> and I appreciate you taking time for me today. Listen, I, I appreciate you going off on my tangents with me. Um, and uh, and I wish your baby would have cried in the background. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, uh, my wife just said go, she got to sleep, so that's what's going on. Go make your baby cry. <laughs> <laughs> just go wake I want to hold it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hold him. Is it scary? I mean, I'm sure it is having a newborn and then COVID and all that stuff. Like, yeah. the combination. That's got to be tough. It's not my... Again, love live music, love being out and doing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just a mm-hmm. little scary to be like, uh, do I go do these things? Can I go do these things? Is it a good idea? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's I mean, it's scary even with older kids, yeah. right? Yeah. You know that, well, but- I mean, during COVID, like Mercy got RSV, and it was before they had like a vaccine, so it was terrifying the idea of getting both at once. You know? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're. Thankfully, I work from home most of the time. You know, we're mm-hmm. trying to just avoid crowds and stuff until he's at least yeah. old enough to get his own shot, which yeah. is still yeah. his way. But yeah, it's a wild time to be alive, let alone be a parent. Yeah. 
Right. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I'll be thinking about you and y'all <laughs> and your little new little baby. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks so much for uh, taking time for me, like I said, and I'm looking forward to the show on Sunday. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks so much for listening to my talk with Amanda Shires. Amanda's on tour right now, and she'll be at Barnado in Omaha just a few days after this episode comes out. That's on November 20th. Get tickets to that show at barnado.bar. That's barnado.bar. I also expect her to see her on tour a little next year as well, both as a solo show and with the high women. So that should be fun. I'm your host, Kevin Coffey. Please follow me on Instagram at, at Omaha Music Guy or find my page on Facebook by searching for my name. Keep an eye on those for mentions of new podcast episodes and opportunities to get on the show by asking questions about music, tours, concerts, stuff like that. Thank you, as always, to Herd at Media for producing the show. Find lots more of our podcasts at herdatmedia.com slash network, H-U-R-R-D-A-T media.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hold up, media production.